Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I beat this one lady real bad. It was real sad. Well, I, I felt bad. I'm, I'm rhyming. I don't know why I'm rhyming. <laughs> Hello there, my name's Seb, and I'm addicted to making women orgasm. Hello, Seb. Oh, sorry, wrong Zoom. Um, hello, and welcome to Goats. <laughs> or should I say, Woats, but more on that later. Before we crack on today, just want to remind you to follow us on Instagram, link in the old description, and watch the full unedited version of this episode on YouTube, also link in the description. We also have a Patreon, do with that information what you will. Before we get on with today's topic, how are you both doing? Good. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm, I'm fucking excited to just start talking about this macabre fucking <laughs> shit and make it real funny. Nice. Well, exactly. <laughs> Any, anything interesting happen? Um, oh. I went to like a chess night recently. Yeah, you, you said you beat, you beat everyone but Seb. Mm. I beat everyone but my housemate, yeah. Classic. Which is sad, I beat this one lady real bad. It was real sad. Well, I, I felt bad. I'm, I'm rhyming. I don't know why I'm rhyming. That, that's the cold <laughs> open. I beat this one lady real bad. I feel sad. Yeah. It was real bad. <laughs> that's funny that you played chess, because um, I played chess on the weekend too, but go on. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, she just made every wrong move, and I just was just like, yeah, sorry. I'm going to take I'm gonna take your rock. I'm going to take your yeah. picture. I'm going to take your queen. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was pretty. She looked pretty fed up towards the end. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You gave her a chess beat down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I went away this weekend to this um n- nice little bungalow thing on this in this farm uh, with uh, my partner's family. And uh, the light, the power went off for one day. We were, like, running on a generator, which was a bit annoying. Oh, right. But I, found a ch- I randomly found a chess set in a cupboard, and I got... um. My partner's niece, who's ten, I was like, "Oh, you, you know, to play chess." She's like, "Yeah," and like half the pieces were missing, so like just replaced them with like Lego bricks and stuff, you know, the classic. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely fucking whooped her. She didn't even take a single one of my pieces. Like, absolutely, just wrecked. <laughs> you make her cry. Nice. She was. She was frustrated. She was like, oh. and she was taking mm. ages to do every move, and I was like, "What's the point? Like, just succumb to defeat, you know." So, you laugh a lot when you're winning as well. When you're winning really mm. badly, you just bellow out a big laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And pointing as well. <laughs> Lots of pointing as well. Like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> but I said Classic to Jen, I said, I said, I won't, I said, she won't take any of my pieces. Watch. And I just, yeah. 
It's a good life lesson. <laughs> Wait, Jen, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. This 10-year-old, right? <laughs> yeah. You won't take a single one of my pieces. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad we had similar chess experiences over the weekend. That's good. That's a good little... Yeah, I don't know what's similar, but... Yeah. Um, what about you, Savak? What you been up to? Well, I, as I've already told both of you, Vinny, twice, I think, at this point... Went to watch Godzilla minus yeah. one in IMAX. It was great. Um, I've already told you guys how great it was. I really enjoyed it. Not ironically as well. It was like legitimately really good. Mm-hmm. The fucking CGI man. The atomic breath in this is chef's kiss. It's so it's really different to any atomic breath you've seen before. It's not like a big melty heat beam. He goes like what, and then it like sets off like an atomic blast where it hits. And like a proper massive, like, boom, mushroom cloud, fucking everything. And it was really, really good. It gave me the explosion I wanted from Oppenheimer, but didn't get. Oh. It really. Right, yeah. There's like a proper, like, there's one bit where he's like in, it's not Tokyo, but one of the big cities. And he goes like, boom, and he just levels the whole thing. And it's really visceral. And you're like, ah fucking sick and it's like he it like burns godzilla the, the explosion's so big it like rips some of his skin off and he's just like ah, it's fucking sick but was mildly ruined by this guy who sat behind me i've already teased you with this american guy sat already i'm annoyed already i'm annoyed <laughs> the um, racism's full you know full yeah blown, yeah yeah it's coming out full swing americans xenophobia. are a race xenophobia, xenophobia. That my xenophobia was. Um, he sits down behind me and he immediately tells the people to either side of him. He goes, "I got uh, free tickets to this," and they went, "Oh yeah." And he goes, "Cause I'm a movie critic." He doesn't actually talk like that, but I can't do an American accent. And he goes, "I'm a movie critic," and I was like, "And they're like, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah." And he goes like, "Yeah, I just, I just write about movies." In my spare time. Uh, yeah, fucking whatever. <laughs> Literally, the whole fucking film, he's just making snide little comments. Like, for everyone to hear. Like, at the start, right? Because it's the UK premiere of this film, there's a l- bunch of Japanese people in the audience. And, mm. like, the woman at the thing goes, like, oh, you know, we're really proud that we're the fir- we've got this, like, deal with Toho. We've worked with Toho for a long time. We're really grateful. There's some members of Toho in the audience, like who've come over to watch this film in IMAX. Bye bye blue. Thank you so much. Bye bye blue. Film starts. The Toho symbol comes up, and a bunch of people start clapping, and then all the white people start clapping as well because you know what we're like. We're just like, well, everyone's clapping, so we'll clap. And the guy, this American white guy, goes, be like, "White people well, exactly. be like." But then the American guy goes, "That's so Japanese." What? <laughs> what? What do you mean? It's so Japanese. What if have you never been? To, you don't know that. You're just being a presumptuous. You're just being yeah, a knob. Yeah. Like just write it down in your little note. And he also had a notepad with him. Oh no! Oh, shut the fuck up. No one cares. Well, like yeah. <sighs> my critiques would be this: that um, people who clap when the plane lands or in movies, uh, yeah, we don't need any of that. About uh, thank you. Fuck off. <laughs> And um, comment number two, not enough rubber suits. CGI too good. Needs more Needs more rubber suits. Anyway, should we crack on? Yes, mate. Let's do it. Right, let's go. Serious faces. Cruel, callous, and often sexually motivated. 
Michael and Vinny are two of my closest friends. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and this week... This was a good start. We'll be discussing the worst serial killers the world has to offer. Now, obviously, the definition of a serial killer is just someone who's killed more than three people. Uh, so that's a lot of people left on the In table. series as well, like not like mass murders. That's like a third yes, thing, isn't it? that's a whole different thing. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't call like a school shooter a serial killer. Mm, but then I guess one, if like, they did events. multiple school shootings, then they might. I don't know. Um, I don't, again, <laughs> this, leads really real school shooter. <laughs> this leads me on perfectly to my I next point, which is that <laughs> any... Oh, no. <laughs> well, that also leads me on really well to my next point, which is that any listeners who've stumbled their way over from the other podcast, potentially with our collaboration with Miss Sarubala, uh, this may not be the nuanced deep dive that you're used to. Um, and I should also point out very clearly that this is a woke episode. We're not giving any of these horrible people any kind of applause. We're just objectively crowning one of them the worst. Uh, with that in mind, let's talk about some proper sick fuckers. Who's going first? Me. V-Dog, you're up. Take us away. Now, I should point out this more than any other episode. You're not allowed to nominate yourself. Ah, fuck, I wrote like six pages on why I'm the great, the worst serial killer of all time. <laughs> I'm pretty, well, I'm, I don't know if I, I wouldn't classify myself as a serial killer, so no. definitely not the worst. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you clarified that. You're only on two, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, still on two. I'm like sophomore. L- looking for the third, but. I'm looking for the right one. Mm. I yeah. want to make sure they're the right one. That's the thing. Killing one person, easy as piss. Killing two, that's where it gets difficult. And getting that third, that's real hard. Yeah. yeah Anyone absolutely. can kill, kill one person. Anyone. Yeah. Under we the just right don't. circumstances. That, yeah. that, that's what genuinely people always go, does it freak you out working in true crime? Not at all. Because you realise killing people is so easy, but we just don't do it. Like society just works like that. Like we don't do it because people just don't want to kill other people. Yeah. It's a really, we just, we live on a knife edge and it's fine. Like you could drive down the street and just fucking hit someone in your car. And there's a good chance you could go, they just stepped out in front of me and they're fucking dead. So they can't say they didn't. And you just get away with it. But you just don't. Sort People just don't do it, that. Yeah. 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 I know. I know what you mean. Like, but, do you know what I mean? And like anybody, everyone's like, oh, I can never kill anyone. But like, it's not about like that you intend to go out and kill someone, but like in a crazy moment of like a rush of this or you know something crazy yeah. happens to you, you could be anywhere like at a fuel station in the and th- in, in it under the right circumstances like you, so you might snap something instinct fucking your lizard brain takes over and you just whack someone with a heavy object you don't and they just die and that's it like everybody well has yeah that exactly capacity. yeah. Yeah, aren't most murders just like the vast majority of murders just like passion, passion kills? Like, oh, yeah, yeah I would say circumstantial something. Yeah, Vinny. Um, sorry, we we we've uh, we've tangentified a bit there. Vinny, would you like to uh, crack on with your pick for the coolest serial killer of all time? Sorry, the worst serial killer of all time. Yeah, before I get started, because uh, like, I well, I have a fairly long script, so I'll have to be quite quick about it but before i get started i just want to say i was gonna pick the coolest serial killer because i was like yeah i'm gonna pick like the zodiac killer because i'm like the zodiac killer's got such a crazy story it's really entertaining that film that really really scott made a few years back was good so i really liked it i was like yeah that's a that's a great that's a great story for anyone who doesn't know it but then i was like wasn't really scott it was really scott david fincher 
you're right. Sorry, David Fincher. You're right. Um, but then I was like, I'm not doing. Co- I am not doing coolest zero killer. No, I mean, yeah. We'll do that one day. We'll do <laughs> coolest zero killer one day. I'm sure. <laughs> After like worst ma- worst mass shooting, worst <laughs> yeah, genocide, yeah, yeah. worst terror attack. <laughs> Raddest genocide. Yeah. <laughs> Raddest genocide. <laughs> but no, we're not doing that today. Obviously, we're doing the worst serial killer of all time. So I had to go pretty dark for this one. I found a fella who did a lot of really fucked up shit. And I would say he's probably maybe the most despicable and morally abhorrent people I've ever heard of. At least over the past like hundreds, hundred and fifty odd years. So okay, without further ado, on the eleventh of February, nineteen twenty seven, two brothers aged three and twelve were playing in an apartment hallway in Brooklyn with another boy, four year old Billy Gaffney. I don't At like where point, this has started. Yeah, I will say viewer discretion is advised, just if you don't like child mutilation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird warning to put into this. Yeah. <laughs> Most people probably just... don't. But if you really don't If you're if you're if you're too shocked by that to want if it you know, if it's too yeah, much for yeah, you, yeah. just I feel skip this episode. Yeah, th- this is gonna be a shocking one. It's one of those where some people just don't they don't like listening to stuff perfectly understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly. It was pretty dark researching all this stuff. I went to some dark places. Yeah. But anyway. At some point, the 12-year-old boy left the younger two alone, and when he returned, they had vanished. A little later, the three-year-old was found on the rooftop of the apartment, but with no Billy Gaffney in sight. When he was asked what had happened to the other boy, he replied with, quote, The boogeyman took him. Billy's Billy's body was never recovered. This is the story of the man behind this child's disappearance. This is the story of the real-life boogeyman. Now that I've hooked you in with the bit that will happen later on in his life, I'm going to start you right at the start. Oh, I also forgot to tell you who I'm picking. So the guy I'm picking is called Albert, Albert Fish, so let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Did you mean to say you'd hooked us in there, or is that an unintended pun? That's an unintended pun in this extremely dark script. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little, it's a little blink of light there. A little, little something, a little something to keep people from uh, doing un- unspeakable things. It's a little, little joke for you there. A little, little funny pun. Lighten the mood a bit. So Albert Fish was born in Washington D.C. in the year 1870. He was the youngest of four and had a very interesting family, to say the least. His Father was aged 75 at birth, being a whole 43 years older than his mum. Oh, that'll do it. His uncle had mania. One of his brothers was confined to a mental hospital. His sister was diagnosed with a, quote, mental affliction, and his mother had aural and or visual hallucinations. So, yeah, right from the get-go, he's not been born into the... um, most stable of families, yeah, let's just yeah. say. No. And it gets worse. So at five years old, Albert's now 80-year-old father suffers a fatal heart attack and dies. Eight. 
and obviously this would put a lot of like financial pressure on the mother so basically what she does is she puts young albert fish into an orphanage so that they can look after him and she doesn't have to worry about feeding him and whatnot and this is where albert is first introduced to his lifelong obsession with pain see at the orphanage they frequently physically abused and beat the kids now the funny thing well i wouldn't say it's funny but the the strange thing is sorry (laughs) the strange thing is albert started to really like the beatings he would start getting like a sexual thrill out of being hit and that would lead him to be beaten even more Mm. thus sort of perpetuating this horrific masochistic cycle over the next few years he would continue down this degenerate pathway visiting public baths just to watch the other boys undress and even starting to experiment with the consumption of urine and feces by eight yeah disgusting (laughs) it's only getting worse from here boy oh god (laughs) (laughs) this is a dry one tonight (laughs) By age 20, Albert moved to New York City, where he supposedly engaged in male prostitution. And it was at this time he would also start molesting and raping young boys, usually ones less than six years old. Oh, no. Yeah. He would later tell detectives that he would commonly go for either the mentally disabled or the african-american kids obviously because during that time those groups of people weren't the most protected the most looked after by authorities so it would kind of help him evade any sort of punishment for his crimes he would boast he had lived in over 20 states and had raped and or murdered at least one child in each of them oh what i I personally wouldn't boast about that, but uh, there we go. I probably wouldn't put it on my CV. He puts it at the top of his uh, LinkedIn. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, can we make jokes? (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Gotta lighten the mood somehow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. By By 1898, Albert's mother had actually arranged for her son to marry a young woman by the name of Anna Hoffman. They would have six children together. Now, thankfully, there isn't any evidence or anything close to resembling Albert um, either sexually or physically abusing his kids. So that's what that's the one ray of sunshine right, in, this, in yeah. this story. We can hold on to that, that thing <laughs> that, like, that. basically everybody does. You know, the, the 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 normal thing, the thing that only people who are not absolutely mental, you know, don't abuse their own kids. Whew. Mamma mia. Let's give him a gold star for, you know, not doing, you know, do you know what I mean? He tried his best. I mean, he didn't. (laughs) But (laughs) it's, you know, it could be worse, I suppose. That's what I'm saying. It could be worse. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not sure sure it's worthy of praise, but it could be worse. (laughs) Sometimes maybe good. I don't know about good. (laughs) Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. I I wouldn't say good because although he wouldn't abuse his kids, he would do some pretty weird things with them. So he would play this strange game with his kids where they would sit on his back 
and no. then hold up a number of fingers on their hands. Albert would then guess how many fingers they were holding up, and if he was wrong, he would make them spank him with a nail-studded paddle. Don't like that. They would recount later that he never got the number correct and would often guess a number that even wasn't possible to be held like up. 25. He's like 14. Yeah. Oh, oh, not again. That's horrible. Yeah. That is sexual abuse, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it is, but I that's feel that's as far as it went, as, as far as that stuff. Right. Um, I, oof, I'm not going to read that paragraph. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's pretty mm, it makes me wince uh, okay 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 so yeah i'm not gonna read that paragraph um in 1917 <laughs> his wife would leave him for a handyman meaning albert would have to raise his children by himself i guess this must have caused him some sort of a lot of turmoil and stress because around this time he started having auditory hallucinations himself much like his mother would telling people he was following the instructions of John the Apostle. And do you know what John the Apostle was telling him? Mm. Was it kill people? It was to sacrifice and mutilate children. He does like that, John. Yeah. They don't put that in the Bible, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's a little known fact about John the Apostle. He likes people (laughs) sacrifice and mutilate children. (laughs) Well, there is that bit where doesn't that guy... That guy get told to sacrifice his own son, and then God's like, "Just kidding." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac, Isaac, or something. Isn't Isaac the son? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, where and it's Abraham. Abraham, yeah, Abraham, Abraham. He's like, kill your two kids, and then he's like, "I'll do it," and then he's like, "He's like, I was just testing you to make sure that you would do all the stuff I want you to do," and he's like, "Oh God, you." Which is that's fucking criminal. Nearly got me. He's done it again, uh, yeah. that bloody bastard. Yeah. He can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> and what 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 Albert would actually, I think, like his logic was that, like, even though he knew that, like, oh, surely, like, the Bible's against the sacrificing of children, but he he thought that if it was really bad, you know, I think John told him an angel would step in. So, like, right, if they don't, then it's all kosher. That's like right. how he sort of log- logicked it in his head. Sure. That's fucking insane. Sorry. Yeah. Like, you just be like, well, if it was really bad to take drugs, an angel would step in. Yeah. So, but that is what, yeah, that, that is what, like, a mental illness, like that hearing voices is, is like, though. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it seems, like, super illogical to us, but for them, it's like, yeah, it makes perfect sense, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, around this time, he would also start ramping up the self-harming, and this was a sort of tr- way of trying to rid himself of sin in a kind of dark ages kind of way Mm. yeah so some of the things he would do albert would insert wool doused in lighter fluids up his ass and then set it alight he would also stick needles into his groin and abdomen sometimes sticking them so deeply into his body they would get lost and remain there years later (laughs) after his arrest X-rays would reveal he had at least 29 needles lodged into his pelvic region. What and there's an the image fuck? on the internet of it. And it is... Oh, I'm going to Google I, Yeah, I gotta, I gotta see this. Okay. 
I'll, I'll, I'll Google it as well for the YouTube viewers. Albert Fish. <laughs> X-Ray comes up straight away. Google is listening to my conversation as per I usual. I wasn't expecting him to be wearing a hat like well, that. Well, it's like the eighteen late 1800s. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's it. Crikey. Oh, oh there's so many in there. Image isn't great, but yeah. There's a couple in the legs. Lots in the... Sort of lots in the dick region. Yeah. Lots in the dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. He's an interesting chap, isn't he? To say the least. So, in 1924, police found the body of nine-year-old Francis McDonnell hanging by a tree near his home. He had been sexually assaulted and strangled so viciously with his own suspenders that he was wearing that the suspenders had melded with his skin. What? Whose idea was this episode? <laughs> Yours! This wasn't my idea. Yes, it was. No, this was not my you were idea. Like, you were like, oh, we can do serial killer, but it's got to be woke. And we're like, yeah, well, that makes sense. And you're like, yeah, okay, well, let's do it. Yeah, no, no, because you would have. So I, if I said we can do it, but we've got to do woke, that means that one of you two said we should do serial killer. And then I responded with, well, we can do it as long as we do woke. So that means one of you two put it forward. No, I remember no. you put it forward, Seb. You were like, oh, we should do serial I didn't... killer. And then I was like, we maybe not go, maybe won't. And then we were like, yeah, No, won't. no, you're gaslighting me, you little fuck. No. <laughs> no. That's not what happened. It was you. <laughs> you little shit. No, both of you, stop this. It's not in keeping with the episode. Don't gaslight me into thinking I came up with this idea. Well, if anything, it was a... It, we all greenlit it. No one said, right, let's not do this. Yeah, no, there's no, there's but, no but someone here. thought this. someone's idea was this. And it wasn't me because I do this for work, so I wouldn't have thought we should do my job. Yeah, but for I work. come up with ideas for, for... that you guys always like. No, let's not do that. So why didn't you step in if you thought it was a bad idea? Don't because an angel would have said something. Exactly. Now, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been saying, British goat, British stereotype, e.g., chav emo goth in brackets grab bag for like twelve <laughs> months, and we still haven't done it because you're like, no, that's that's horrible. Yeah, well, and this is a good lesson, isn't it? Now, Vinny, carry on talking about this poor child who had a pair of tights melded to his neck. Gladly. The boy's friends told police that he had been taken by an elderly man with a grey moustache. Francis' mother said she also saw the same man earlier that day, telling reporters, quote, He came shuffling down the street, mumbling to himself and making queer motions with his hands. I saw this thick grey hair and drooping grey moustache. Everything about him seemed faded and grey, and his description resulted in Albert Fish being dubbed as the Grey Man, which is another uh, name people call him by. Three years later, that boy from the start of my script that I was talking about, Billy Gaffney, was also taken by Albert. Now, Billy, as I said before, Billy's body was never recovered, and the reason for this is, so, according to Albert, in a letter he wrote to his attorney, after doing the usual, you know, torturing and mutilating of the boy, he drank his blood, cut his body up, cooked it all, and then ate it over a period of a few days. Oh, why does and it always go the... to cannibalism? Like, I'm sorry. I know people are like, oh, cannibalism's not that bad. I'd eat someone if it was, like, you know, proper. I Cannibalism to me is, like, one of the worst things you can do. Eat another human. Yeah, I agree. I'd do it. 
What? Yeah, I know. I can't wrap my head around. It. To me, it's like I could never. No. Try it. I'll give it a go. No, I don't. <laughs> I just there's something so putrid about eating the flesh of no, another human. It's, like it's not, not even in a murdery way. Just if it was like totally. Imagine like I a total yeah. scenario where it's totally fine. Like they weren't murdered. It was all cool, <laughs> and I just still wouldn't eat it. <laughs> It's like lizard brain wrong. It's like yeah. deeply like we're not supposed to do it. It's like in yeah. your innate evolutionary like back of <laughs> your yeah, brain. Really. Like you're not supposed to eat your own species. Maybe I'm a psychopath because yeah. I'm, no, I'm, no, like, no, yeah, no, if cause... someone offered me their foot and I, it was cooked and it was like smelt nice, you know, it was, if it like smelt nice and it tasted, you know, looked <laughs> no. like it tastes good, I'd be no, like, but yeah, I, right, I'll have a bit. So Vinny's not the only foot. one. I've had loads of people be like. I wouldn't have a problem with trying trying it, and it just doesn't it doesn't have that instant repulsion in their brain. That's weird. But like to, to me, me, if you serve me some meat and I ate it, and then you're like, "That was human," I would be v- like fucking vegan for life. Do you yeah, know I'd what I mean? Yeah, I'd throw up. Yeah, I would throw. Like up. it would be, uh, it would, yeah, it would just torture me. Well, but not for like... not for Albert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna like part of the letter which um, he sent to his attorney, which read. I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as his sweet, fat little behind did. Oh. In 1928, Albert saw an advert in a newspaper about a young man named Edward Budd, and this dude was seeking employment. Sensing another victim, he visited Edward in his own home under the fake name Frank Howard, claiming he was there to offer him a job. But when he got to the house, he met Edward's younger sister, a 10-year-old by the name of Grace Bud. Albert quickly shifted his attention from Edward to Grace. He conversed with the Bud family and even charmed them with his warm and friendly demeanour. He lied to them, saying he was actually on his way to his niece's party that was nearby and asked Grace's parents if she could attend with him. Now, the Buds were obviously hesitant at first, Mm. This man is a stranger, but Grace's father unfortunately made the decision that it would be good for her to go and make new friends. Albert gave the family a fake address to the party and left with young Grace. She would never be seen by her family ever again. He took Grace to an abandoned house where he strangled her to death. He would claim that he didn't do any sort of sexual things with her. Mm. But he would say that while strangling her, he uncontrollably orgasmed twice. What the fuck? He then chopped up her body so he could cook her and eat her over the course of nine days. Now, this is the extra shit part. So six years later, and this is the reason I know of this guy. This is this particular case. So six years after that, Albert would write an anonymous letter to the the Bud family explaining in detail how he carried out the murder and cannibalism of their daughter. Yes, now I know about this guy. Did you hear about on Sleepycast first? Yeah, I did. They talk about this guy who, like, wrote a letter to the family of the kid he ate. Yeah, from prison. Okay. Yeah, carry on. And part of the letter wrote... How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. God, this is dark. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, this letter, this letter, 
mm. thankfully would end up being bad for Albert Fish. They would it would lead the police right to Albert Fish's door, and yeah. after decades of trying and failing to catch this real life boogeyman, they had finally done it. Although he would only confess to three murders, he was suspected of being involved in at least ten over his lifetime, as well as confessing he stabbed two others. How old was he when he got caught? Sorry to interrupt. I think he was 60-something. Yeah, because he was described as like an old man. So that's a long time. The thing is, that's a long time to have had some, like, speculation about, okay, in that, like, Mm. 40-odd years, you know, that he was probably going around doing this. Like, yeah. How many missing children cases have, like, could potentially be attributed to him that he won't admit to. Well, he he claimed that he would have he had over a hundred victims, but like one you know one thing with serial killers is they do like to inflate the numbers, and no one's sure if he meant victims as in murdered victims, yeah, murders or victims or whatever, he yeah. like molested or whatever. Yeah, um, and also because he did he did do a lot of like. It wasn't just kids. It was also, like, young men. Like, mm. he was also homosexual. He had lots of male lovers over his time. I think he did some horrible stuff to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because around that time, homosexuality, again, wasn't sort of seen in a super favorable light. Yeah, so, people, uh, people didn't really lo- look into it. Yeah, yeah. Police probably didn't care as much, slash the people who were affected probably just didn't want to go out because then it would be outing them as homosexuals, which yeah, obviously, again, yeah, at that yeah. time was a big no-no. So during his trial, he was apparently without much emotion and certainly without remorse for his crimes. His attorney tried to lessen Albert's sentence by trying to convince the jury that he was insane. And although the jury unanimously agreed that he probably was insane, definitely not a sound mind, they ultimately felt that he should be executed anyway just due to how evil his crimes were. Yeah. The judge sentenced Albert Fish to die by electrocution. Despite knowing he was now about to be put to death, the idea of having one last jolt of excruciating pain actually made him happy. He He thanked the judge for the sentence. And on the 16th of January, 1936, he was pronounced dead. 1936, damn. I don't have a conclusion because I don't, I don't know how to conclude that, but... Well, he died doing what he loved. Yeah, that, I think that's... not Maybe not the worst bit about it, but that's the, the shit cherry on top, is that he, mm. he died happy. That's the, that's why the little I, shit I'm, cherry. Yeah, it's like, it's not... One of the many reasons that you shouldn't be murdered, you shouldn't um, sentence people to death. It's just... Uh, that's the thing, is... It often plays into people's... Yeah, like, I've, I've, I've been reading, obviously, about serial killers this week, but, um... Of the ones that do get executed, obviously, like, a lot of the big ones are in America and they do get executed. And it always, with, with like, the execution is, there's always, like, a line of, like, the victim's families were conflicted by this decision because they thought, oh, you know, once he gets executed, oh, great, like, he's not, he's not suffering anymore like how, like, my child or brother or whoever, like, suffered, you know. He's just dead and now that's it, like you know mm. done like a lot of these families would rather they just like you know rotted in pain forever right. like yeah, yeah like at the end of the day like you said especially like this guy like that's even worse like not only did he cause all that pain to everyone else like he like you said he fucking loved it when he got like he got some pleasure out of 
it at the end. Like he didn't. What did he lose? Nothing. It also, I just think like it's, it's a bit of a weird one. Like obviously this is a very contentious topic, but I think to a degree as well. It like it it buys into like almost that way that like you know how like school shooters will do it knowing that they're going to get shot by the cops yeah yeah so mm. they don't really have to see the consequences really of their care, actions yeah. it's like yeah so it like it gives people this out whereas like i think that knowing that you're going to have to live with what you do is like the ultimate punishment mm. like i, don't I think, think that's like i don't think like i can't say for certain about every serial killer ever but i know for i feel like albert fish didn't care like yeah. he he had zero remorse. Like he wouldn't have done so much of it if he didn't have remorse. Yeah, exactly. Of it. He fucking yeah. loved both receiving yeah. and giving, giving out pain. as much pain yeah, exactly. as yeah. possible. Yeah, as well as the cannibalism stuff. So like they're not losing anything by being sentenced to death. Yeah, it's like almost like there's there's nothing you can really do to truly punish someone like not that really. without being without being outside of the law. Yeah, yeah. And even exactly. even that, like like what are you gonna do? Beat him up, he'll love that. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you gonna do? Like torture, torture him, yeah. he'll love that. Yeah, 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 he'll love that. I think it's just let him rot. I think that really is it for me. Solitary like, I think like or something. Stick him in a room, the, the, a dark room forever. With nothing. Yeah. Just don't let mm. him interact with people. Don't let them yeah. don't let them like i don't know it sounds really dark but like life is like such a gift but it's only a gift if you can enjoy it mm. and if you take that enjoyment away from someone it's worse to like to just kill them is like well they they they're just nothing then they don't know that they're losing anything they don't know that they whereas, died like you know yeah exactly no because they're just gone whereas to have someone sat knowing that they will never see the good things in life again is mm. You know, that is... It's got to be the worst, yeah. I think that's... Yeah. And also, you know, it's just... I just don't think an eye for an eye. I think just you've got to be better than these people, aren't mm. you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's my opinion I on it anyway. But yeah. fucking heaven forbid, if you if you if it was your kid, you'd be fucking down there with a hammer yourself, mm. wouldn't you? So it's a difficult one. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> um, <laughs> I... Wasn't going to do a middle bit, but I actually came up with one because I thought this might be the case that things are a bit dark. Um, <laughs> we need so something, when did you come up with this? As when he was talking? No, no, no. I came up with this ages ago. So, um, you know, when you're at school, you get those ethical dilemmas. Like it'll be like, oh, you're stuck in a cave, and a fat guy is blocking the way out. Should you blow him up or whatever? Like or should him, you? Yeah. yeah. It's, so no, the classic example, that's a shit example, Seb. The classic example is, it's the picture of the train. Do you pull the lever to make it go right and run yes. over one guy or the lever to go left and run over three guys? That's the classic yeah. illustration. But, if you, but uh, yeah, do you leave it and let it hit one yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, do you, no, leave, do you do leave it and let it hit loads of people or do you, do you pull the button and it kills one kills person one guy. Yeah. But you But you did that. Anyway, it's a bit like that. So I'm going to give you a scenario, an imaginary scenario, in which someone dies at the mm. hand of someone else and you have to tell me whether you think it's murder or it's all right, morally, right. in your eyes. Mm. Okay. First question. A woman aborts a baby. Is that murder? Oh, God. We can't do this. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, I'm, no. Joking. I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. God. I'm joking. I'm joking. There's no middle bit. There's no middle bit. It was just all no. leading up to that. He okay. got us. Okay, nice. Damn. Well At least this one was a deliberate razzing, unlike the infamous higher or lower incident, <laughs> which was 
not a joke to begin yeah, with. That was just not nice. I didn't like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, Vinny God. was just like, no, I don't want to do no. this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, let's not do this. I put my yeah. foot down. Uh, yeah, good job, Vinny. Good job, mate. Yeah, man, but I still talked about some shit in order to get Yeah, that but that was different. Anyway, yeah. Michael. I mean, look. Right. I, don't, I don't know how we. I don't know how we clear that cleanse our palate. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. We we just had a little bit of a giggle. We just ri- we ripped the piss out of each other a little bit. We had a little bit of a giggle. I think we can. I think we can get into it, can't we? I hope your guy has nothing to do with kids. <laughs> no, actually, not kids. Okay, thank fuck. And actually, it, quite interesting because obviously they are similar because they do both sort of kill people. Right. But there are some. There are some actual big differences between these two guys and their like psyche mm. i think and their motivation potentially and kind of yeah wh- why and how you know they kind of did this stuff should i just should i just go for it yeah mork you um <laughs> yeah why don't you I don't really time it. it might be slightly long like i said it's a little bit shorter than napoleon but it might be a little bit long but we'll, we'll just get on with it shall we there's not many people shorter than napoleon really all right, yeah, Michael. He was average height for the time, actually. Do you know what, Seb? Actually, talking about Napoleon, this will be a good uh, here it is. bit. <laughs> you said that he wasn't in the top ten most influential historical figures, right? Right, can I just pause? And if you... <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you say that and did no. you believe it? No. no, no, I do, and I still maintain it. But if you're going to pick okay. up some list and be like, oh, Rolling Stones said, I don't care. <laughs> no, not Rolling Stones. A historical book called Who is Bigger ranked the top five most influential historical figures that are alive. Number one... Jesus. Number three, Muhammad. Number four, who was number four? Somebody. Number five, Abraham Lincoln. But number two was Napoleon between Jesus and Muhammad. And they're historical people writing an objectively factual book. So, Seb, you be like, blood, Napoleon's not even top ten. Like, fuck off, Seb. You are (laughs) joking. If you put Napoleon above Muhammad, you are fucking insane. Napoleon was that, was very influential. What? what? Mate. There's like a billion Muslims. How many Napoleons Muslims are there? Yeah, but there's also the Louisiana Purchase he did, and the Rosetta Stone he helped find that, and also all the great military tactics he founded, and also the uh, founding of the uh, essentially the Republic of France, and. You know, quite a lot of stuff, really. There's more to society than... There are other things in society than religion. You can still be massive without being a religious Yeah, I figure. know, but you can't... You Fuck off. <laughs> bigger <laughs> than Muhammad. Mate, these are the... Don't argue with me. Argue with the people who actually know this shit. Well, they don't, Random because list. they just said Napoleon was bigger than Muhammad. The well, prophet we, they Muhammad. Obviously, these are the people who decide, mate. The, it's like when we say so-and-so's the goat. It's fucking fact, isn't it? <laughs> I just think anyway. that's diabolically stupid. I'd put Napoleon, you know, <laughs> I'd put him around the same level as, like, Graham Norton. You know, he's just someone oh you've heard of. <laughs> You're just a troll. You're just a troll, mate. You're just an internet troll, and I'm not going to... We're doing a little bit of trolling. We trolls. like to do a bit of trolling. Oh. What's he say? We're doing a little trolling. We're doing a little trolling. It's called We yeah. Do a Little Trolling. It's called We Do a Little yeah. Trolling. China. Beautiful trolling. It's a beautiful city. I walked in here and I thought it's a beautiful city. Oh my God, yeah. I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to build a beautiful wall. I walked in here and I thought, I'm going to build a beautiful wall. <laughs> okay. 
Right, serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Wacky Accents yeah. with Sebek. <laughs> that wacky now for our next segment, Mork telling us about who he thinks is the most vicious serial killer of our generation. Yeah. Well, serial killer, anyway, is a weird one because... Like, this is obviously a woke episode, isn't it? So we're not discussing anything good about these people saying one is better than the other. Like, I'm not saying my person is better than Vinny's, and that's why he should be considered, the, you know, the top serial killer or whatever. It's just the worst of the worst. These are just the worst people, the most heinous and disturbing crimes we could find. And, like, it's a, it's a strange topic, isn't it, when you talk about, like, real people who have been killed. And I didn't want to turn it into like glorifying anything or like talking through every detail of every horrific thing that they did. Just like kind of focus yeah, on the Vinny. aspects that make. No, no, no. Vinny didn't Whoa, do that either. But I, I wasn't going to like. Myself Vinny loads. did not do were, that. I, I did not go into detail. Trust no, me, bro. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, like you know, case. go like, oh, on this day he murdered this person by doing yeah, this, this, strangled. this, and then on this day he murdered this person and did this, 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 I didn't this. Go yeah, into yeah. Detail, man. I um, coming in his pants, but I thought that was just interesting. Yeah. No, 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 but like, you know, I thought I thought yours was very I thought yours was, you know, yeah. I hate Fine, this episode. I hate it so much. <laughs> you do this shit like for a job. I know, sir. but this there's is something f- about surely hearing two not of my bad. friends talking about it that makes it so much worse. Like <laughs> well, it's re- these things really happened, you know. Oh, tell me about it. Um And so, you know, I was just trying to pick the one who like disturbed me the most and the one that I genuinely thought was like set apart as that fucking hell. That's like the worst thing, you know, I've heard someone really do. Mm. And it was only really one that I could think of that when I sort of really understood the extent of the crimes and the person behind them, I thought that, yeah, that's probably the most brutal story of a serial killer that I've kind of heard because I didn't know. I only knew this person by name before um, just learning really about them a couple of years ago. And I was just, like, shocked by, like, every twist and horrible detail and, like, understanding the whole picture, just so bleak. And so the person that I'm suggesting as the worst serial killer of all time is he's quite he's someone who is quite well-known, Jeffrey Dahmer, also known as the Milwaukee Cannibal. Jay Dahms. So Jeffrey Dahmer, he was born in 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he didn't really have, like, the deeply traumatising childhood that you would expect nowhere near the levels of uh, Albert Fish. And there are conflicting reports about his childhood. Some say that he was probably deprived of attention and some say he was like completely loved by his parents. But his father did work a lot and he was away quite a lot and his mother was a hypochondriac and had poor mental health. Um, so, you know, not the best, but I think mm. it's reasonably important to note that he didn't suffer like extreme physical abuse. He didn't suffer in those kind of ways. You know, lots of people have childhoods that aren't perfect, and this is certainly not a nice childhood necessarily. No. But yeah, not, I know, I know people with not to the like extent. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, it's, it's whatever. So, yeah, not in that kind of way. Exactly. <laughs> 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 you and you're not a murderer. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. Uh, yeah. So you know, um, also in his childhood, he did do some weird things. He started to become fascinated, absolutely fascinated with dead animals. And he would collect animal skeletons. And he would later move on to collecting and dissecting roadkill that he had found. And most people, including his father, just thought that he was just genuinely really interested in them from like a scientific perspective. Like, it's fine, you know, he's just interested in biology and all this kind of stuff. And they, they kind of encouraged, his father particularly kind of encouraged it. He would help him out. Uh, he would give him like a little space in the garage and he included 
like he showed him how to preserve animal bones by drenching them in bleach. And this is something that would definitely come up later on in Dharma's life. And this obsession with like bones and dead things, it may have started off, like potentially it did start off in his mind as something scientific and interesting to him, but it would certainly become the building blocks for the more sinister things that would happen later on. Now, during his teenage years, I just put it like this. He was a bit of a weirdo. He was an outcast. People just, you know, didn't really like him. Um, and he Much began like heavy drinking. Much yeah, like but... <laughs> yeah, like me, yeah. But he began... Don't keep comparing me to Jeffrey Dahmer. It's <laughs> <laughs> all the same as well. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've never seen Jeffrey and um, you in the same room together. <laughs> But he would become a teenage alcoholic, like a full-blown alcoholic who would drink in school. And it was also in these teenagers that he realized that he was gay. And he began fantasizing about sexual relationships with men. But not only that, his fantasies would involve dominating submissive people who were unconscious. Sexual abuse, effectively. And by his own admission, he would intertwine these fantasies of sexual abuse with fantasies of dissection as well. Now, after graduating high school, his parents got divorced, and these fantasies that he was having would start to become reality. On June the 18th, 1978, Dharma would give in to his fantasies and his deep desires, And he would pick up a hitchhiker by the name of Stephen Hicks. And he brought Hicks back to his home for a few hours of drinking. And Dharma had intended to engage in sexual acts with him. But Hicks was clearly a straight man. So, you know, it wasn't going to work. Now, after some time, in Dharma's own words, Hicks wanted to leave. He was like, I don't want to lift, whatever. Um, But Dharma didn't want him to leave. So he beat him with a dumbbell before strangling him to death. He then performed a sexual act over the body before taking the body to the basement where he would dissect it and then bury it in the garden. Uh, A few weeks later, he dug the body back up again. He removed the flesh from the bones before crushing them with a sledgehammer and scattering the dust into the woods. And this is a pretty brutal murder that's like a fatality Uh, from mortal combat jesus scattering bone dust like that is you can't get much you can't really discard of a body in a you know better way to it never be found than scattering the dust of the bones and dharma started in the same way with his murders that he would then continue for the rest of his life he would lure men in he would get them drunk or spike their drinks he would then murder them sexually assault the bodies, then dismember them. All of his murders afterwards would follow these same sort of patterns. And obviously he was never caught at this time. There was never a police investigation that kind of followed him. You know, there was not that kind of alarm raised. Dharma just moved on with absolutely no remorse whatsoever, like it was just a thing that happened. And it would actually be a decade before he would kill again and then go on his murder rampage. Now, in the next decade, he would be kicked out of the army um, after his father made him enlist, and he would go and live with his grandmother because it was just proving a bit of a handful because he would also be arrested for a public nudity offence. So in 1987, he found himself in a bar 
with a man by the name of Stephen Tuomi. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And he drugged Tuomi and he brought him back to his hotel where Dharma says he had only intended to lay with him on the bed while Tuomi was unconscious. However, when Dharma woke up, he found Tuomi's body in a beaten and bloody mess laying on the bed. Murdered by Dharma. He's like, how did this get here? No, That's what I he get, says. I'm he... really annoyed now. It's like that bit from Peep Show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I told him. I haven't, have I? Oh, oh, I haven't. Oh, oh, that's really annoying. That's what that that is. That is kind of what he says. Oh, that he is didn't just mean too to, He didn't far. know he'd done it. Basically, <laughs> I've gone too far. Yeah. Well, he really went too far in a minute because his reaction was to stuff the body into a suitcase. Uh, he brought it back to his grandmother's house. He dismembered it but he kept the head in a bag and preserved the skull, which he would use as part of his sexual fantasies. Oh, no. That's a bit of a head fuck, isn't it? <sighs> Sam, for fuck's sake. <laughs> We've got to cut that. You cannot say that. <laughs> oh, It's funny how much lighter oh. the mood is in circulars when they're not, it's not involving kids. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> when it's involving yeah. adults, it's like, yeah, it's kind of funny, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that is what he did, though. Um, be, yeah. 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 He, didn't do the, he didn't do the bleach in the right way. The, the skull became too brittle, so he got rid of it. Now, this was a major turning point. Because after his second murder, Dharma had now kept a trophy of his crime. And he'd also realised that he could just do this easily. And in fact, this is what he wanted to do. He would then go on to just give in to these desires to murder and mutilate men using their bodies for his sort of sexual pleasure. And this isn't in my script, but I wanted to mention it because it's weird and it was just a way of me trying to rationalise it. It, The way he describes it, it feels as if... Have you ever done something that you know you shouldn't do? Mm. Like... Like speeding. Let's say, say speeding. Say there's a road you drive every day, and one day you ha- you have this kind of thing like I could get there so much quicker if I just fucking put my foot down. One day you just do it, and it's like a bit of a rush, and you feel like oh shit I could get caught, but you don't get caught. So the next day you're like oh I'll just do it again because I didn't get caught. You do it again and again, and it becomes easy until it just becomes an easy habit where you're like eh I can just do it now. Like I I know it's bad, but I can just do it because like nothing nothing's ever gonna happen. Right. That was kind of my way of in trying to rationalise how he just gave in to these desires. He was like, I know that I can just do it now, so I'll just keep doing it. Do you know what I... I it's a similar thing. I don't know if it's... Uh, but I get what you're saying, because I... This is so weird, but I did the same thing with riding my motorbike. I used to mm. wear full leathers. I would wear a jacket and jeans or mm. motorbike trousers and boots. And then as it got really hot last summer, the layers just started to come off. So I'd, I'd be wearing a jacket... But maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. not like jeans or like, and then by the end of it, I was riding to work. I was doing like a, an hour bike ride in Converse shorts and a t-shirt because it was yeah, so yeah. hot. And I just like I just bought the line down incrementally, and then I, yeah. I look back at that now and I'm like, that is so stupid. Like yeah, I was doing yeah, yeah. like fifty mile an hour down the dual carriageway in shorts and a t-shirt. If I'd come off, yeah. I'd just be splattered. But you just don't, you you kind of like, it's not the same, Give like you it. said, but but it's the, the closest thing you can kind of get to of like, yeah, you kind yeah. of slowly break down a barrier until by the end, yeah. you just stop really thinking about how stu- like how 
bad of an what's idea going on is. yeah well it's like anything it's like you know like let's say shoplifting let's say one day you decided like ah oh, you know i'm just gonna take this thing out of this shop and you'd kind of do it and nothing happens and so you're like oh i could just do it again you know it's kind of like that is kind of how he was going so he was now like just actively seeking victims and just giving in to these compulsions and just acting upon his what he wanted to do basically um, so he would murder several more men between now and 1990, dismembering them, abusing them in his grandmother's basement. She was suspicious of him, though. Not that he was murdering anybody, but he was bringing men back to her house, and she was suspicious. So she kicked him out. But it never really went any further than that. This was the first real chance to raise the you know alarm and kind of catch him and do it. But completely missed now in 1990 he moved into his own apartment and after only a week in his apartment he would murder his sixth victim it was at this time that he began keeping even more of the body parts because he's got his own room so he would keep body parts all over his apartment in his freezer and he would keep the skulls in his like towel cupboard everywhere it's great when you move into your own place just like oh i've got all this space leave your stuff anywhere yeah basically was just like that he's now got freedom no one's watching after him he can just be a bit more free and a bit more careless and reckless with you know what he does in his own space um and he would also start taking photos of the bodies in like sexual positions he also began keeping organs and body parts and he started to consume them in acts of cannibalism his neighbors began complaining about the smell of his apartment but Yet again, no further action was taken, and another opportunity to catch him went by. However, the most shocking opportunity to catch Dharma would go by very soon after. After drugging and abusing a 14-year-old boy, Dharma had left the apartment to get more beer. When he returned, the boy was sat outside the building with three distressed women and two police officers. Dharma told the police officers very calmly that the boy was his drunk boyfriend. The women pleaded with the officers that something wasn't right, but they were told by the officers, quote, shut the hell up. These women were also black women, and these were white police officers, which tells you a little mm. bit about why they weren't necessarily believed. They uh, yeah. fully believed Jeffrey Dharma, yeah. Also... There's a, this. I mean, maybe this is, you're going to come to this, but a super common thread, especially around like it's it's a bit different now, but it still takes place now. Stephen Port was another case like this that happened in the UK a lot more recently. But when gay men are abused or go missing or are found intoxicated or with signs of abuse, because there's this like weird stigma around gay relationships and like it being much more kinky and like bondage which isn't true loads of gay men mm. and women just have very normal very vanilla relationships yeah yeah missionary sex lights off socks on yeah in the mesh socks on how i like exactly it. like exactly. Say, say good job afterwards handshake afterwards yeah <laughs> job put your well clothes done. back on and watch <laughs> good the telly job. Exactly. Yeah. but like because there's this like reputation almost about gay sex yeah, oh, there's yeah. a real. It comes up all the time. People, victims yeah. are found. Stephen Port is another case like this that happened in the UK where gay men kept meeting this one guy and then going missing, and the police just kept being like, "Yeah, but that's just like gay men, isn't it?" 
they're always, you know, fucking yeah, around. They don't really look any more into it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's a good point because, like, I was sort of wondering this, that I was thinking, like, I feel like there's more, like, of the serial killers that I know, I mean, obviously we both picked homosexual serial killers, but I feel like there's, mm. like, a slightly bigger proportion of serial killers that, like, the well-known ones at least, being homosexual, at least bisexual. Maybe yeah. the reason is because the heterosexual ones get caught quicker. I would, quicker. 100%. Because, because the victims a... are believed more. Because you've got 100%. John Wayne Gacy as well. He did, was the similar thing as well around the same time. Well, these police officers, they actually escorted both Dharma and this boy back to Dharma's apartment. And they took a brief little look around, and then they just left, saying that, you know, Dharma, take care of your boyfriend, will ya? They literally walked that boy to his grave, handed him back to the killer. Had these officers looked around any further, they not only would have found all the body parts and evidence... They would have also found the another rotting corpse of the man he had killed a few weeks later or days later, literally on his bedroom floor. There was all the evidence they needed right there under their noses and they couldn't really be bothered to look for it. Now, Dharma was actually eventually caught when one of his victims, would-be victims, I suppose, uh, Tracy Edwards, managed to escape the apartment, and informed police that Dharma had tried to drug him and sexually abuse him. Dharma was obviously arrested and confessed to all the killings, saying that he just couldn't stop himself. Uh, the list of shit they found in his apartment is massively extensive. There are photographs of, like, firefighters and, you know, police officers, whoever, literally carrying out, you know, those big fucking oil drums? Mm. Like, tons of them just full of body parts and horrible stuff. Um, but he said that he just gave in to his compulsions to kill these men. It was his deep desire. It was all he could think about. It was just his, his thing that drove him. He'd get up in the morning, and this endless cycle of murder, sexual abuse, consuming of their flesh and preserving their bodies was just what drove him. He couldn't stop himself. It was... His, his life was just revolving around doing this all the time. Mm. And the fact that he was not caught, nothing ever, you know, came up, it just meant he could just carry on. He was just recklessly killing endlessly. And within the space of these short four years, he killed 16 men, including the murder a decade earlier. Dharma killed 17 men in total. 17, wow. That's quite yeah. a big number, really. That is a lot. It is a big number. And obviously one isolated incident, but 16 in four years is... That's fine. Yeah. I don't know Same. how many that is. One so, every couple of months. It's like the Beatles of um, serial killers. <laughs> Productive. <laughs> it's mad how many pe how far things can go because people just kind of... I think we're more... Right, real wrongly, we're more kind of alerted to it now. I think people, like, mm. people are a bit more obsessed with murders and serial killers and stuff. But, like, in the 90s and stuff, serial killers were still a new idea. And mm. you could just get away with stuff because people just wouldn't really think about it. Like, there's so many people, so many serial killers just get away with stuff by just chucking stuff in the bin. They're not even, yeah, they're yeah. not even going to that much effort because people just, like, who's looking well that's the thing is when these murder when these like missing people reports come up it's not like nowadays where you've got social media and news mm. and everything to like put these people out there it was just like a gay guy goes missing okay no one cares like pfft. yeah yeah no literally so and also again like going back to the gay thing something I forgot to say is like especially 
maybe not so much in the 90s, but still in the 90s and still now even, being gay is so frowned upon in some communities and so many gay people, men and women, are like exiled from their families that gay people not having people looking out for them is quite common mm. and people not knowing mm, yeah, where gay yeah. people are. That's a people good point. kind of going off the radar, especially in the 90s when there wasn't social media and people might only their only family might be the community they're in it's really difficult yeah yeah exactly yeah. wasn't a big part of the reason why you the big part of the reason why you don't get as many serial killers nowadays is just cctv like surveillance is through the roof especially in this country yeah and yeah. also forensics forensics and dna yeah. massively a yeah. lot of fucking crime a lot of massively yeah. definitely but the, the the shocking thing about Dharma is, like, there were so many opportunities to catch him where it was plain obvious. Mm. Like, you didn't have to try... He wasn't trying that... He wasn't really trying hard to conceal his yeah, crimes. Like there his were loads and loads and loads of opportunities. Like his neighbour neighbor rung the police yeah. so many times saying she smelt this and the people were just like, shut up, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, so in 1992, he was sentenced to 16 life terms in prison. And just two years later, he himself would be murdered by a fellow prison inmate who told him that God had said for him to kill him, yeah. Wow. And the inmate inmate also said that Dharma made no noise, put up no struggle, just lay there, took it, accepted his fate as he was beaten to death. Now... Cold. Yeah. In conclusion... Jeffrey Dahmer was a true monster. Like, in my mind, the worst serial killer of all time. Like, just the extent of his crimes, the brutality of them is horrifying. Murder, sexual assault, cannibalism, preserving of body parts. They're just... These are the worst things that you can do to a person. And this is why I think it's a lot different to yours, Vinny. I think yours, you can clearly say, you know, the hallucinations, the childhood trauma all this kind of stuff, you can build this character. You know, it build, it shapes the mind. It builds this beast. But the case of Jeffrey Dahmer has long been debated about whether you are born a killer or whether you are made a killer. Mm. And he was tried as a sane man. He was cleared as sane, completely sane in his trial when he was sentenced. Which perhaps gives evidence that he was simply born this way. He just, nothing made him like this. He just was like this. Yeah, it's an it interesting is, thing yeah. about Dalmo is the fact that, like, with the vast majority of serial killers, you can always, almost always point to some horrific trauma from their childhood. Maybe they were, like, mm. raped by their parents. Maybe their mum was, like, physically and psychologically abusive. Yeah, like, yeah. They had a really, really bad upbringing, mm. and that sort of formed them into the the people they are, mm. they are when they do those killings but with jeffrey dalmer like yeah he didn't have the greatest upbringing sure but like not none of the telltale signs of yeah yeah yeah. like it's fairly normal upbringing really like honestly like not that yeah i mean a large large percentage of people would have had very similar upbringings yeah um also like and so you know go on no no i was just gonna say like one of the things that i it's again it's like a weird thing but I weirdly take comfort from, which I sounds really gross, but it's like a lot of people go through really dark shit and don't do those things. 
Mm. Like, think mm. about how many people went through the Holocaust, how many people went through the Rwandan genocide. Like, that's just big numbers. How many people who've had really troubling childhoods, how many people have had horrible experiences. The major- the vast majority of those people don't go on to commit oh, of crime course, yeah, like yeah. that. So it does make you wonder, like, what is the the difference? What is the, the, the factor in people mm. like Jeffrey Dahmer? And even Albert Fish, like, what what... I'm sure there are other people who had childhoods as bad as Albert Fish. I think you. I think in some cases, I would say in Fish's case, you are susceptible to it more than others, mm. and then a a big trauma can just trigger it. Yeah. So there could be people out there who would be susceptible to being having the capacity to do those horrible things, but having never been exposed to a trauma like that, it just kind of never comes to fruition. Yeah. And then you have people like Dharma who are literally born with this like curiosity fucking it's almost no real remorse just ability to be able to do this and it become a real desire yeah it's almost like he had the unfortunate combination of like a lack of empathy like maybe he was a sociopath or something and um this obsession with like dissecting and like mm. mutilating mm. or whatever like there's a, a horrible sort of combination which has happened which has led yeah, him yeah. to be like this is okay this is what i want to do go out and kill people well that's another really interesting thing isn't it like there's so many people who like there are like psychopaths and sociopaths are not hugely uncommon they are very uncommon like statistically but not as uncommon as people would probably think and there's loads of statistics like sur- people like surgeons and doctors and ceos like, ceos and CEOs stuff like that mm. have have traits or will have like sociopathic tendencies and stuff like that but the major, the vast vast majority of those people never ever ever hurt anyone because yeah it's not yeah. it's not like all yeah it's not like all psychopaths will be killers no yeah, yeah like, no, not, not not at all, all. And, it, and it, again it's so weird to think like what makes those people go on to do those things who knows yeah it's a weird combination well he gave several interviews before his death actually and he even said that he wanted his brain to be donated to science to be studied about oh, they what loved makes a killer that. they love doing um, that because it he, makes them feel important Mm. Yeah, but he it was it wasn't given in the end um, because of a dispute between his parents. Um, but anyway, in these interviews, uh, he speaks very honestly about like how he did the everything, why he did everything. He shows absolutely no remorse in the slightest. But the interesting there's it is interesting these interviews because although he shows no remorse, he doesn't necessarily show any real pleasure. Mm. like I've heard like other killers I think John Wayne Gacy was like I fucking loved it you know I love doing that I love fucking hurting people he's just like I you know it, it was like uh, going to work for him I, yeah I, yeah I did it yeah I you know I did it I know it's wrong I know I understand that they're like really sad like their parents and you know their kids or whatever they're all really sad I get it but you know I you know, I just did it it was just the thing that I just mm. kind of did like he didn't really care because he just couldn't help himself and so, yeah, that's why in my mind he, he's he's the worst killer of all time. The sickest bastard. Fucking hell. Yeah. Fair play. I mean, that is... You've both pulled out of the bag there because they're both really, really grim, obviously. I think, like... Yeah. Because uh, for a minute I was going to do Hitler. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's not a serial killer. He's not a serial killer. He's not a serial killer. Loads of, I know, I know, I know that. But loads of people, if you look up loads of things, they go, he was a serial killer. And so I was like, oh, there maybe I can like wangle. Because like, I was like, you can't. I was like, no, it doesn't matter who you bring. Say, you're not, you're not Trump and Hitler. But then I was like, it's, he's, just, he's just not a serial <laughs> yeah, killer, is he's he really? Hitler. <laughs> there's, there's, some, there's some dispute about whether Hitler actually killed anyone with his own by his own yeah, hand yeah well. it wouldn't yeah. have been yeah like, also it's the same goes for like Charles Ma- Charles Manson I don't think Charles Manson ever no, actually no I don't think he did he's got other his trial was such a fucking he was a terrible person but his trial he kind of won because he made such a like the the just the US justice system was he like was given a trial with like no jury he was just like sentenced immediately which then like completely bought into all his like weird ideas yeah, it was so shit yeah yeah so yeah. stupid. Then he got sampled on a Death Grips track years later. It's almost like you shouldn't publicise these people. I watched an interesting video on YouTube the other day, earlier today, about how like you really like the 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 big reason why school shootings happen is because the news report them like, and they want to report the biggest ones. They want to be like, this guy got fucking twenty kills, mate. Mm. This is the one of the worst ones in. Po-. And they oh, yeah. want to be that. So they, that's a lot of the time why they do it. It's just for that notoriety because they're like, well, I just want to kill myself anyway, so I might as well just go. It's out a with vicious a bat cycle, and- isn't it? Yeah, they, they see the notoriety of other people and they think, that's yeah, kind so of it's, what I it's, yeah, it's almost it's weird, like yeah. you really shouldn't publicize this stuff. But here this we kind of go. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> I would say that both horrible for very different reasons. And I think like, because I listen to this stuff a lot for work, there's like two different reactions I get to cases. Some of it is like the kind of emotional pain. Like you kind of feel so bad for like the families and the, Mm. the, the, the men and women going through it. And like it really, and that's kind of how the Jeffrey Dahmer case gets me at least like, cause those, you know, these young gay men and stuff like being abducted and being victimized in that way, you kind of get this, like, it gives you that like emotional pain. Whereas Albert Fish gives me this like ick pain, this like, which there's another yeah. guy who called Anatoly Moskvin, who I would really <laughs> recommend if you have any desire to seek out more repugnant things like this. He has big Albert Fish vibes. He like killed young girls and then turned them into little dolls, which he kept in his house. Oh yeah. I heard about that, that is, fella. I still think about that. That was grim. Yeah. Um, but I have to come to the conclusion of the worst of all time. Mm. And I, will say it is not a difficult one. Jeffrey Dahmer is horrific. And I much preferred listening to more talk about it. Yeah. But Albert (laughs) Fish is the worst thing I've heard in a long time. And I work in true crime. And what (laughs) Vinny talked about for that 15 minutes made me feel physically uncomfortable and without yeah. doubt is the worst serial killer of all time out of these two people. Horrific. Absolutely. Yeah, I have horrific. to agree. One of I the almost worst felt like mine was a bit, I, I kind of was like, you know what? Mine's going to be a bit tame now. Yeah. Awful. I left out some Absolutely stuff. awful. I left One of the worst. Yeah. I thought I, I, I was thinking I might have to, I was like, I have to make some stuff up, you know, cause <laughs> some that, true stories that, that never was, happened. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I totally agree. That fish, that that fish guy. Like, yeah, Vinny, I had heard of the the letter thing. Yeah. Um, it was it was the like, oh, they tasted so good and all that. That's like, I heard those guys discussing it and just saying like it's the worst thing they've ever heard ever. Yeah. And um, yeah, but I didn't know any of the other story that, but it's fucked up. And like you, you like like you said about Dharma, he was kind of neither here nor there. He he didn't he wasn't remorseful, but he he wasn't. Mm. remorseless he was just kind of mid-ground so whereas phased yeah. by everything yeah in my Cold. mind that in my mind that made it worse because it felt like well there's and it does yeah well, well, that that the, the thing is the reason why i thought he was the worst i mean he's not he's not as bad as this other guy for sure but when i first heard about the dharma stuff and actually understood okay this is actually what this guy did even though i've heard his name it was that fact that he was so like i just had to do it that made it more terrifying and more evil because i was like well you don't have an excuse then yeah do you know what i mean like you don't have that it's not you know not an excuse but like it you know i guess that's out of it oh yeah he did yeah he did but he didn't have the it. yeah but he, yeah so he didn't have that excuse of like well he was like created because of abuse and trauma and you can't you can't look at dharma and say oh maybe if he wasn't like sexually abused as a kid this would never have happened whereas you look at fish and go maybe if he wasn't you know beaten the shit out of in an orphanage and abused by his parents already had like i don't know if he was abused by his parents but his his whole family had like a whole host of mental illnesses yeah that's what i mean like you can't you can look at people in that way and go maybe if all that stuff didn't happen we wouldn't have been here mm. but with dharma you can you can roll that dice a million times you're always going to get dharma because he doesn't yeah. have that as a crutch and that made it worse for me when i heard about it but i yeah, think the, the crimes that this guy commit the the crimes that that fish committed oh, yeah, yeah just the fact oh, that just the fact that they they've like because the lawyers are really going for like you know no sane man would eat another person no sane man would eat shit and eat, drink someone else's yeah, yeah do yeah. all these horrific things no sane man would do it and the jury was like yeah we agree and like i think they got psychologists mm. in to like look at him and they were like yep he's got a whole host of mental illnesses he's definitely not sane. yeah yeah and even with that yeah, yeah. he couldn't get the insanities case just because of how just morally they just wanted to get him to be executed yeah so they just yeah. wanted him gone they wanted that out of mm. this world like yeah 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 it's yeah yeah like mm. i said viewer discussion advice like definitely dark. and again i did yeah. skip some details so let's okay. be thankful yeah. for that <laughs> be thankful for that yeah yeah the, the last thing i'll say about dharma which is something i didn't know i don't know if you've seen the netflix Oh, well, two things I've got to say. Yeah, the Netflix like dramatization. I think it's like an eight-parter. Um, yeah. The the first interesting thing is the guy who plays Dharma in that dramatization, Vinny. You'll know this actor because he plays Michael Scott's nephew in that one episode of The Office where he hires his nephew, who's really shit oh, at his really? job, and then spanks him in the office. That's the same actor. So oh because of that Michael Scott spanking, he went on to be <laughs> a killer cannibal. <laughs> wow that's crazy yeah that's interesting but the other thing is i don't know if you remember this scene if you didn't watch all of it you might not there's a scene in that dramatization where it during his trial where this uh woman who is i think the sister of one of the victims like she's giving this testimony against him or something she's giving some some speech 
And then she just starts going crazy. She's like, you want to see crazy? I'm fucking crazy. And she like starts shouting and she's like, runs across the court. I'm like, I'm going to fucking murder you. Like she's going mad and security like getting stuff. And when I watched that scene, I was like, God damn, that was fucking powerful. That's a really powerful scene. That really happened. That's real. That, that isn't a dramatization scene. That's almost a word Jesus. for word, shot for shot remake of really what that wo- that real life woman said. And you can look it up on YouTube, the real version. The real version is obviously way yeah. more Harrowing. moving. Yeah. But I found when I when I realized, oh, shit, they didn't just make that up for the drama. Like that was that real person's response was cr- crazy to me. Mm. Wow. Tune in next week for our Christmas special, everyone. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was quite something. Jingle bells are ringing. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, that happened. That definitely happened. Next week when this comes, it, oh, a week later from this episode dropping is Christmas Day, and that's when our Christmas episode will go live. Well, that is just great news. Um, I am just so <laughs> glad to hear that that is the case. Um, <laughs> and we'll be back with the funny shit then because I, I was saying to Vinny before god we've timed this bad we've done dictator serial killer Christmas go out with a bang <laughs> that's what I always say um, look thanks for listening um, this <laughs> uh, <laughs> this has been Goats uh, this week discussing one of the worst topics we've ever done quite a humbling and more serious episode than normal. We did get a few little bits of great banter. Yeah, I think it was in a there, serious. But one. sometimes yeah. you've just got to, you just got to fucking do the do the legwork. You got to go for it. Um, very interesting. You got to put your serious face on for a minute. And mm. uh, yeah, so Albert Fish, we'll send him out a little card. Um, send it to his family. They'll be happy. Uh, worst serial killer of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come back next week for the Christmas special. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Watch this on YouTube so you can see me and Michael looking absolutely horrified at everything Vinny says. Love you. Goodbye. Love you. Goodbye. Love you. See ya. Vinny, no. No, Vinny. (laughs) Love you. Goodbye. Yes. (laughs) I nearly hit disconnect on the Discord then instead of stop recording. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.